This is Danielle Grachek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for part two with Dr. Angela Young. She is a veterinary integrative... um, Okay, I said that wrong. She's an integrative veterinarian who focuses on preventative care. Um, she's an area chief of staff with at Banfield Pet Hospital, and she's also in training as an animal acupuncturist, which I personally like that combination because I think that it brings to light um, alternative methods of um, you know help for your pet or prevention, and then also the scientific model. Um, so anyways, thank you for being with us Yay, for part thank two. thank you for having me. And then everybody, we're going on a summer break after this, so um, we'll, we'll be back in the fall. So, um, okay. So in part one, we talked about grain-free foods. We talked about vaccinations. We talked about Lyme's disease and ticks at length because we're in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I personally had to pick off about five ticks off my own body last Ew. night <laughs> because my dogs are in bed with me and I'm like ah oh, they're on preventatives the ticks are coming for me anyways okay so now um we're gonna take on spay neuter um and I think we should just say to start out these are th- none of this information is meant to take the place of your personal office visit or um your personal relationship with your veterinarian. And also, every case is different. There are always anomalies. We're going to talk in general about midline healthy dogs. So we don't have to keep saying, in case, you know, there are certain incidences where like dogs have a disease or, you know, something where, you know, this would be contraindicative. Mm-hmm. Contraindicated. I don't know if it's a word or not. It sounded really fancy, though. I think it's contraindicated. It pretty fancy. <laughs> nice. Thank you for getting my back on that one. Okay. So that being said, let's talk about spay or neuter. And I'm just going to lead once again with my um, layman's perspective. So I thought um, that... I should spare neuter my dog as early as I could because it's a quick surgery um, when they're young and then they can recover quicker and then they just never even have to feel that hormonal surge or that sex drive or whatever and it's just done with and they're they're um, they're they're growing and and healing so quickly when they're younger. These are all the things that I thought that now, Coming to light um, may not necessarily be true. I don't know. I have now heard the opposite, which is like, don't ever spare or neuter your dog. Or, and then I've also heard the midline, which is like, at least wait till the female's gone through a heat or the male has gone into sexual maturity. So they're like around a year old because they need the hormones. So I just don't know. Um, and because um, how could I, uh, once again, I did not study these things. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of schooling that goes into becoming a veterinarian. Right. Um, a board certified veterinarian. So. Um, not board certified. Okay. Practicing, licensed. Okay. Board certified would be like, I'm an oncologist. Oh. 
oh. were like, I'm a toxicologist. See, good to know. I just thought yeah. that sounded fancy. Yeah. So, okay, so I do have your homework, a, I have I have two bachelor's degrees. Okay. And then I have a doctor of veterinary medicine. Okay. And I'm in training to be a certified veterinary Perfect. acupuncturist. Okay. Yes. Thank you for calling so. all that. So we have <laughs> you're full trying, disclosure. You're trying to put a full alphabet okay. behind my name. <laughs> see the, see how this happens, yeah. though? Conspiracy. Yes. I just started spouting off something. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody in the universe. So, <laughs> But this is kind of good. It happens in real time. Right, totally. Can see. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're back on track, let's talk about spay neuter from your perspective and I think we've already qualified where um, you know you're coming from with your knowledge so yeah so I for a long time in the United States we felt like you should spay your puppy or neuter your puppy as early as you can you're right and the, especially in the 80s mm-hmm. there was a huge movement to reduce the over pet population is this still due to bob barker i believe it maybe <laughs> don't quote me on okay. that but maybe um so in the 80s there was a huge push to have your pets spayed or neutered really early because there were too many unwanted pets mm-hmm. in the country and and it worked mm-hmm so um, now there's some differing opinions about it. Mm-hmm. There's some research that shows that if you spay them too early, that you may increase their risk of other issues like orthopedic diseases like arthritis, for instance. Mm-hmm. You may increase their risk for obesity. And we all know obesity mm-hmm. doesn't just affect the human population. Mm-hmm. It also affects the pet population. Mm -hmm. So that is another thing. We talked about that at the last Mm -hmm. podcast. Some trends or things that happen in the human world Mm -hmm. end up seeping over into the pet world. That's one of them. So if you spay or neuter your pet too early, then they could have an increased risk of obesity. And that's because their metabolism changes Mm. when they're spayed or neutered. They may be hungrier, but they may require less calories. Mm. So, um, but then there's the flip side where if you don't spay or neuter your animal, then for females, for instance, they could be at risk for fatal, painful urinary tract infections. Yep. In the, um, in the uterus called pyometra. Mm -hmm. Um, they could also be at an increased risk for mammary tumors. Ah. So uh, with dogs, with um, male dogs, they could be, you could reduce their risk of testicular cancer Mm -hmm. and some prostate issues if you neuter them. Mm -hmm. So there are different things that we want to take into consideration when you're factoring in the timing. Okay. And so... um, I, I do believe that the middle road is probably the best answer, but even specialists disagree right. on what exactly the best thing is. And another thing to take into consideration is, do you have a smaller breed dog mm. or do you have a bigger breed dog? Because their aging is going to change. What is the difference? So a a larger breed dog may go through puberty at a later time than a smaller breed dog. So that's going to factor in as well. So um, like a Great Dane, for instance, Mm. isn't full grown until they're way over a year old, Mm. where a little teeny tiny chihuahua Mm. may reach... 
full grown status by the time they're 10 months of age. Okay. So those things need to be factored in as well. So there's no blanket like, oh, you should get your pet neutered or spayed at six months of age because their life stage, depending on their breed, is going to be very different Mm -hmm. from one dog Mm -hmm. to the next. Does that make sense? Yes. Is there data to your knowledge that... Um, would indicate it is better to let your dog go through a female dog go through a heat first and then I don't know of any specific paper I know that there's a lot of research Mm -hmm. out there about it but off the top of my head Mm -hmm. I don't know a specific paper that says this Mm -hmm. does this for sure there probably is but I don't know one off the top of my head okay is it more dangerous to let them go that you know of? You know, we're just qualifying this over mm-hmm. and over again. Do you think it's more dangerous or have you seen it be more dangerous to then to spay a female dog after she's gone? I know. The only thing is that if you the more heat cycles a dog goes through, the higher the chance of mammary tumors. OK, but that being said, you're also, when you're looking at the timing, weighing the risk of obesity, arthritis, and those mm-hmm. other conditions, too. So, But that's the only, mm-hmm. the only thing that I'm aware of. And is it a, am I correct in thinking it's a little more straightforward with males because they don't have a heat cycle? Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. As far as the mammary tumors go, obviously, yeah, that's not right. a factor. But, but it seems the, like it's more straightforward. Yeah. Because they females, don't, it's like a full hysterectomy. And like with the males, they... Yeah. Yes. Although there is, there's an ovario hysterectomy where both the ovaries and the uterus are removed. Uh-huh. There's also veterinarians that will do an ovariectomy where just the ovaries are removed. So it depends on and the veterinarian. The, yeah, and leaves the uterus. Like the uterus. So I think it just depends on, mm-hmm. like, you need to know what your veterinarian, what the surgery type mm-hmm. is that they're performing. Mm-hmm. But I think that in general, it seems more complicated with females than it is mm-hmm. with males because there's not only pyometra to be considered mammary tumors Mm -hmm. with dogs the male dogs it's like testicular cancer Mm -hmm. prostate issues right and also some behavioral stuff like the plumbing is all on the inside with the females and the males it's kind of right there and Mm -hmm. not so internal right yeah exactly okay yep yeah um so Okay, so I think just bottom line here is you talk to your vet and you uh, you, you come up with a good plan. Right. Yeah. Um, I've also seen some studies. Actually, somebody sent me a study from the AVMA that showed some linking of um, anxiety, increased anxiety in dogs that were early spayed neutered. I've heard that too. Okay. I've heard that if they're spayed or neutered, too early or earlier Mm -hmm. that they can be more timid Uh but again i don't think that that means if you had them spayed early that they will be timid i just think that there's an there could be an increased risk of it right and then there's the flip side of that where um there are some that believe that if you neuter a dog earlier that you could reduce the risk of different aggressive behaviors Mm -hmm. or roaming behaviors Mm -hmm. so there is definitely a behavioral factor but 
just because you spare neuter them doesn't eliminate right. those things either. Sure. Once, so, again, once again, we're coming back to the holistic viewpoint. Yeah, no it magic just depends. There's no pill. magic answer, <laughs> which is kind of the frustrating thing yeah. about it. But it's good to know that it's not so clear cut. Yeah. I get my pets spayed or neutered early every time. Yeah, right. That's not necessarily the right answer. Right. It's really good to know that it is more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And there are benefits and risks to earlier and to later. Mm -hmm. If you have a nine-year-old female dog and you don't have them spayed, the likelihood that they may get mammary tumors or pyometra is higher than if you had had them spayed when they were after their first heat cycle so there are just there are things to weigh in on and that's why it's really important to work with your veterinarian to know hey i have a small breed dog and x y and z this is their environment this is what my goal is for their health what do you think is the best thing for me to do right Exactly. And then also, I think just in human nature is you want the answer. And there's not just one Mm -hmm. answer like we talked about. And me personally, when I go, aha, this is the right thing. That's a problem for me. Um, Usually leads me down the right path because there's not there's contradictions everywhere. Right. And there's and there's new evidence that are coming out and and you know constantly um we just like we just learn more and more um as as we progress as a society yeah um and and so it's just to weigh your um way that know where you get your knowledge mm-hmm. um your information um from and know that you can trust that source but then also just check your fear in that i'm not going to make the every right decision so that my animal never suffers right or i'm just gonna make every right decision and then i'm not gonna have to go through this pain of like my seeing my animal get ill or pass on because it's just you're not there's nothing's gonna stop that we're all going to go through a life cycle yeah right and i think i mean i would i would venture to say that most people would love for their pet to live as long as they can we all live as healthy and then we just all pass together in a big awesome bed in our sleep and and then and then just go to the magic place (laughs) what right that doesn't you can't do that no (laughs) i bought that pillow a while ago right just kidding kidding. no but i think that most people have at least a similar goal in mind overall they would love for their pet to be happy Mm -hmm. they would love for their pet to be healthy they would love for them to live as long as they possibly can Mm -hmm. and the the question is how do we do that right how do we accomplish that and i think that the answer is it depends Mm -hmm. and it depends on what type of dog you have right and what type of lifestyle you have with your dog right and in order to maintain that bond with them you're trying to achieve that goal and one of the best ways to do that is to find a veterinarian that you really right. trust right. that will partner with you right. that won't just say this is what i this is what you need to right. do that will say these are the things out there that are being talked about right, right. now this is the research mm-hmm. this is my experience right this is what I see you're wanting for your pet mm-hmm. and what your pet needs. Mm-hmm. So here are these things Options. to consider. Right. 
and then work with them to help come up with the best formula for your pet because what my pet needs is very different from what your pet needs right Right. And then if you are hearing something that is outside of a veterinarian's office or a, the AVMA um, and it's from a, somebody who's a who's not, you know, accredited or mm-hmm. um, not an expert, not an expert. Exactly. Yeah. Then it's not necessarily bad. But mm-hmm. do your research. Yeah. Um, you know, where. Like and I just specifically think of sup, different sup, supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wilder the claim, usually the, the stronger, the research, I think you need to dig into and just see who is this person? What have they studied? Do they have credentials Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of follow the money trail? Yeah. And some things are really thought provoking too. I mean, there are, there are some things that are out there that are incredibly thought provoking and may sound really, really good. And if it has that effect on you, then ask the right questions Mm -hmm. or start asking questions and investigate and get back to what's my goal with my pet's Mm -hmm. health. And if you, if it, or if it sounds icky, Mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe just stay away from it. Right. Right. You know, and, and if you're questioning things and you don't, you're not getting your information from a trusted source, Mm -hmm. then you know, sometimes in this world where there is information overload right. and you don't need to start from scratch all the time, right. go to the person that is the expert right, that you right, trust. Right, right. So if you're wondering about getting back to the spay and neuter question, mm-hmm. if you're wondering about that and you heard from somebody or you read somewhere mm-hmm. that this is the right way, you don't have to start from, you know, the 1800s and looking through (laughs) every scientific journal article about what the right answer is, go to somebody that you trust that's an expert in the field Mm -hmm. that's a licensed veterinarian Mm -hmm. and talk to them about it. Right. And see if they can help you come up with the right answer for your pet. Because we just want to go back to the point of compassion, which Mm -hmm. is there's a ton of information out there right now. There's a lot of conspiracy conspiracy th- theories swirling around. Mm-hmm. It can feel scary, and especially when you're already so in love with your animal, and you know they're vulnerable little beings to us, and you can be worried about doing the right thing for them. Mm-hmm. We feel like I feel you. I've been there a bunch of different times, and this is why I kind of you know you're on the podcast because mm-hmm. I think it's important to just go back to get some facts. And um, dig in a little deeper, do a little research and get with somebody you trust who is an expert in the field. So, yeah. Yeah. We see you. Yeah. And I think one of the you bring up a really good point. We want to do what's best for our pets. Right. And it is so honorable to have such a great sense of responsibility for the creatures in the world that we care for. Right. It's really I mean, it. I think that it is just breathtaking that we have that. Right. First of all, that we we get to do that. Mm -hmm. We get to have these beings in our lives. We know the human-animal bond is so, so, so very important. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to come up with those best answers Mm -hmm. for our pets, go to somebody that you trust. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Great. 
Perfect. Well, I think this is such a great stopping point for our summer break here. Um, we just really appreciate you. Um, and if you haven't listened to part one with Dr. Young, go back and listen to it. There's a ton of great info on there. Um, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, everybody. We see, I see you. You matter. And until next time, get out there and do good with your dog.